Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match, and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios on your Friday morning. Uh, Wes, uh, yesterday was out at one of the Shane Beamer football camps, which is where uh, Chris is actually out at today. And we'll hear from him a little bit later on. Now, yesterday's camp was just for linemen. Is that correct, Wes? No, yesterday was O-line, D-line, and then uh, 7-on-7 team camp as well. So what you do is basically you pair those two together. So if you can get an entire team in, um, everybody has something to do, basically. Gotcha. Anything notable stick out to you from yesterday's camp? Yeah, man. I mean, there were some some guys there for sure. I, uh, you know, watched the Greenville guys that are, of course, committed to South Carolina. You got Blake Franks who obviously is an O-line commit, Mazio Bennett. He was there with the 7-on-7 wide receiver commit. Watch those guys. Uh, Greenville actually has another kid, Hunter Taylor. He's a 2025 offensive lineman. Uh, I thought he was really good, um, or has a chance to be really good, I should say. Uh, you know, eval guy. And um, there, there's a kid, probably I, I thought maybe the best guy I saw in O-line, D-line was this kid, Bryce Davis, who's a 2025 offensive lineman from Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, he re- he's got an offer from South Carolina, got an offer from pretty much everybody here in the Southeast. And, uh, I, I mean, just a player, has what you're looking for, long arms, quick burst off the line. 
received a lot of one-on-one attention from Sterling Lucas, who handles that position for South Carolina. Um, then just several other guys that I, I think are more just, especially on the O-line, D-line side, kind of young players that Carolina is gathering data on and then, of course, we'll um, keep an eye on for the future. And again, Chris is out at camp today, and we'll hear from him a little bit later on in the show. So he'll give us uh, his scouting report on what he's seen so far today. Yesterday, Chris and I dove in to the new, and I don't want to call them schedules. That's what we keep saying, but it's not an actual schedule. It's just the opponents that we know South Carolina is going to be playing in 2024. I'm sure we're going to get a whole other SEC network special to actually release the schedule sometime next year, whenever that time comes. But we learned who South Carolina's eight opponents for the 2024 schedule are. You have LSU, A&M, Ole Miss, and Missouri at home. And you hit the road to take on Kentucky, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Oklahoma. Not an easy schedule by any means, but some very big names on there, namely Alabama and Oklahoma for some uh, very interesting road trips in 2024. Yeah, man. Well, you knew, obviously, you were going to get Texas or Oklahoma on there. So they had already said, or it had already leaked out there, that you were getting one of those teams. So, you know, I think of the two, this could clearly change before 2024. We've seen Texas be, quote, back and then fall apart sure, many times in the last 15 years, it feels like. But I think among the two, what we know right now, Oklahoma, probably the easier draw I, I've seen some people say, you know, oh, you know, tough schedule. That's kind of obvious. Like, yeah. when, when you when you look at the teams that are in the SEC, Tyler, I mean, there's really no way to split them up and it not be a difficult it, schedule. So, I actually did some math last night. And, you know, when the nine-game schedule was being rumored and the SEC was, or we saw reports about the SEC and how they were going to determine who the three permanent opponents were going to be, refactoring mm-hmm. things like history of rivalries, geography, as well as like a success metric based on what teams have accomplished in the past 10 years. So I took the liberty last night of crunching the numbers and calculating each team's win percentage in the SEC as well as at Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 just to have a number for them over the last 10 years. Alabama, no surprise, has an 88.75 win percentage in conference play since 2013. Vanderbilt at the low end with 20%. Um, but I put those numbers into every, to every team's schedule for 2024. And do you want to take a wild guess at the percentage difference between the toughest schedule and the easiest schedule in 2024 based on this metric? I have no idea. Which we can agree. The baseline idea would be to have everybody at 50% because that's dead in the middle, which obviously you're not going to accomplish because there's so many variables here. But yeah. in an ideal world... Borderline impossible. Borderline but. impossible, but in an ideal world, you have everybody as close to mm-hmm. 50% as possible. Oklahoma, based on the success metric, has a schedule with a 54.74% win percentage in conference play in 2024. Alabama has the easiest at 47.91. That's only a difference of 6.83%. So, like you said, every schedule is tough in the SEC, and when even when you look at this list... From top to bottom, it's not that big of a difference from one schedule to the other when you look at what all these teams have accomplished in the past decade. Wow. Um, I mean, actually, kudos to them because that that's such a small window of difference that I would imagine, like we said, pretty much borderline impossible to just make it all even. Sure. But now, you do sort of raise your eyebrows a little bit. Hey, Alabama, easiest schedule. Which, it's funny because their schedule benefits of not having Alabama on it because six of the top seven teams on my list. And if you want to see the full list, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TylerHead18, where I tweeted it out last night and kind of explained the metric. But Alabama doesn't have themselves on the list, and six of the top seven teams on that list do. do. So they're benefiting from not playing themselves, essentially. So it's kind of like a circle. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy there. They're going to have the easiest one because they don't have to play against themselves. That makes <laughs> Pretty sense. Pretty much. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually think... I mean, I know it's fun to complain. I actually think they did a pretty good job. It is absolutely weird to look at a South Carolina schedule and not see. And I know the first thing people say was Georgia. There's no sure. Georgia, right? I think we knew some of these. And I'm not saying rivals as in like, you know, rivals like your top rival. But traditional rivals and that you're used to playing them every single year sure. since 92. It's weird to not see anybody out of the trio yep. of Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. Right. Like that that is the way you look at that schedule and you're like these are not it's literally kind of a mind like right. you're like these are not the logos I'm when they put out the graphic. Yep. My brain is kind of like these are not the and, logos I'm used to seeing. And I don't think we're surprised by not seeing Georgia on there because if this is just a one-year stopgap when the three permanent opponents come in, whether it be in 25 or later, we're not expecting to see Georgia on that list. Tennessee and Florida do surprise me a little bit, though, because I feel like those are two teams that you would probably see on a permanent basis once we get to the nine-game conference schedule. And I was anticipating they would kind of have this as a holdover year to have them both on there to keep the continuation of those games. But like you said, all three of those opponents are missing. The familiar opponents that you are going to see being Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, uh, as well as A&M, who you play every year out of the West uh, anyway. But even then, man, like traditionally, Missouri, obviously, and Texas A&M, relatively new to the conference. So even those teams that, yeah, you play every year recently, your brain's just like, and, and LSU and Ole Miss, you know, those are obviously teams you've rotated onto the schedule. But just seeing those teams, seeing Oklahoma, really the only familiarity I feel like you have here is Kentucky and Vandy. It's just, sure. it, it, it almost feels like you're in a new conference. Like, even though you've only added a couple teams, it feels like a completely different um, playing competition, like division, conference, whatever, for South Carolina. And it, it's just kind of weird. Like, I, you know, I was talking to a Gamecock fan yesterday, and they were like, I, I hate it. Whereas, and, it. and it really wasn't even in the terms of like, it's too difficult. It was more in that this is not who I'm used to. It's not who I'm used to hating, basically. Like, you you want to hate Florida. You want to hate Tennessee. You want to sure. hate Georgia. I, I honestly felt like there's a budding rivalry with Tennessee. Like, I feel yeah, like that's definitely. the program that, for whatever reason, Tennessee fans really really dislike Shane Beamer sure and that was even the case it felt like before South Carolina smoked them last year and Mm -hmm. so Tennessee spoke South Carolina the year before South Carolina smashed them you know 10 minutes from where we are right now this past season and so that's really built into a right I'll be curious does this sort of does this make any of these sort of matchups lose a little bit of the edge or does it make when you do play them you know when they're back on the schedule potentially in 2025 right does absence make the heart grow fonder but but the opposite do you hate them even more does it make it matter even more and it's gonna be interesting to me to see how this schedule rotation 
goes. Um, so in 2025, are we going to get these same teams just flipping home and away? Or is it all the other teams you didn't play the previous year and just rotate vice versa on a year in year out basis where, again, you would see Georgia every other year, Florida every other year? Mm-hmm. Or is it like in two year blocks? Like, okay, you're not going to see them in 24, 25, but you'll see them in 26, 27. Yeah, good question. I have no idea what happens if you go to nine. I know the SEC is sitting there saying, hey, we're not going to nine unless we get paid for nine. Exactly. Which is a smart business move, and you have... Sure. If you are looking at this as a negotiation, you have the power to do that. Like The the power is to your side because you're the premier conference in the country. So uh, I get it. Also get ESPN being like, look, guys, everybody's tightening a little bit right now. We just laid off a lot of people. Yeah, everybody's contracting a little bit. So, hey, we're not going to give you millions and millions of more dollars on top of the millions we're already giving you. So I, I get both sides of that. I I think you have to try to rotate it the way you said first in that you, you don't want to go, you know, a full basically like three years without South Carolina playing Georgia. Yeah. You know, I, I think you maybe the teams that aren't on here, you try to rotate them on. I don't really know the mathematics, like the matrix of how that would actually look, but sure. I would think you could just kind of, like if you play Oklahoma this in 2024, maybe you play Texas in 2025, because they're going to want to actually introduce all sure. all the teams and, to playing Oklahoma and Texas relatively quickly. And that would make the most sense, more likely than not. Uh, the, the only reason I bring up the other point is that's actually kind of how it used to be before we went to seven teams on each side, where, okay, you're going to play like, Ole Miss out of the West in 2003 and 2004. You will go to Ole Miss in 03, and they'll come to you in 04. And that's the only reason I bring that up. And it's a possibility, but like you said, I think the rotating through every team on a two-year cycle would probably make the most sense, especially bringing in Texas and Oklahoma to get them against every single opponent pretty quickly. And, and so, again, Oklahoma on the road, 2024. I would think at the very least, even no matter which way they do it, that means pretty good chance in 2025 you have either way you did it you have either oklahoma or texas probably coming to williams price in 2025 that's and that's something i'm so excited about those two teams coming to the conference because just seeing them in these other stadiums in williams Mm -hmm. price going to death valley going to tuscaloosa georgia wherever it may be like that's just gonna be such a cool visual as seeing the white uniforms and longhorn helmets going up against South Carolina in maybe twenty twenty five. Like that's just so cool and so exciting to think about. You know it's weird thinking of Texas going to Vandy. Like there Ooh. there's gonna be some really fun matchups in this thing. You know, like seeing Georgia in Austin, Texas. Like that that's gonna be really like your brain's gonna sure. kinda it's gonna be a weird visual, but it's gonna be great. Then right. there's gonna be some Straight. Texas would have never in a million years no. scheduled a, hey, yeah, we're going to Vandy. But now, right. hey, that's going to be part of it. It's going to be part of the rotation. I secretly hope like that's their first conference game because, of course, you're going to have a lot of fans that are going to travel to that game and they're going to have heard all about, oh, you know, 90,000 seat, 100,000 seat stadiums and their first experience is like Vanderbilt stadium. at noon and, you know, half full of with Vanderbilt Dave, fans. With Dave Neal on the with call. With Dave Neal on the call in the <laughs> SEC Network, yes. I, I secretly Perfect. hope that happens. Bring back Jefferson Pilot Sports just for one that day game. only, just that, to so it can be introduce them. So it can guarantee be like ninety eight degrees in Nashville that day too, because those games are always hot. Man, that I love Nashville as a city, but God, that's a high school stadium. Yeah, it's Texas would take a. You think about that visual. Oh, though. they would take it. Texas over would take over that stadium. 
in in their first SEC. They might be thinking, wow, this is easy. Yeah, <laughs> Vanderbilt fans would sell their tickets in a heartbeat for that one. I, I don't. Th- I think that would be a lot of, what is it, burnt orange. They'd be taking over Commonwealth, what, is it Commonwealth Stadium? No, that's Kentucky. That's Kentucky. Um, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name. I'll think about it in the in the break here. We'll we'll, uh, we'll check in with Chris out there at today's Shane Beamer football camp. Coming up next, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. All right, guys. We tell you every single day here on the GC Takeover about our friends at Firehouse Subs. And this week, we got something new to tell you about. Uh, the name of the day is back at Firehouse Subs. And basically what that means is that um, if you have one of these names, um, you're entitled to a free medium sub at any Firehouse Subs locations with any purchase. So today, Friday, June 16th, last I checked, the names of the day, I guess we should say, are Asia, Linda, and Thomas. Now, you can't just go pretend to be one of these names. You do have to show a proper photo ID. But if your first name is Asia, Linda, or Thomas, head on over to Firehouse Subs. And again, you can get a free medium sub with any purchase. My favorite, Tyler, as you know, is the New York Steamer. It has risen up my personal power rankings. I think Turkey Bacon Ranch is still Tyler's top. Is that right? He's nodding. Yes, he's saying yes. But... Hey, if your name is Asia, Linda, or Thomas, go get a free sub. If your name is not one of those names, head on over there anyway. Hit the Rapid Rescue, firehousesubs.com, or do what I do. Just download the app. It makes it super simple. You can save your favorites in there. You can save, of course, your payment message uh, method, I should say, guys. Firehousesubs.com. It is almost lunchtime. They can take care of you as they do for us every single day here on GC Takeover Hour. Uh, I confirmed Vanderbilt Stadium's name is First Bank Stadium. They sold the naming rights last year. So in case you were curious, that's the name of it. Uh, we'll talk with Chris out at camp coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, West Mitchell in studio with you. And joining us on the Love Chevrolet, Love Chevrolet phone lines from out at Shane Beamer Football Camp is Chris Clark. And Chris West talked a little bit about it uh, in the first segment, his experience out there at camp, getting to see a couple of names we already know and the likes of Blake Franks getting to work out yesterday. Uh, what have you uh, seen so far in your time out there this morning? Yeah, well, it's a busy one today, Tyler. I know last week we were talking about, or maybe it was earlier this week, the camp schedule that was to come. And so three different camps actually today. There's a couple going on simultaneously. We've got the O-line, D-line camp. There's, of course, the seven-on-seven passing camp. And then later uh, this afternoon and into the evening, actually, there is just the skill position camp where really uh, anybody who's not a specialist or even a specialist can come in and work out as well. So this morning I focused a lot of attention actually in the in the early part of the day on the O-line, D-line camp. Uh, pretty high volume camp today. There's a whole bunch of guys out here. And a pretty strong day it looks like on the offensive line. There's probably, Wes, you and I were kind of going over it earlier, eight to ten guys really 
um, that we're monitoring, and, and most of them from the 2025 class and beyond. There's some 2026 guys. Uh, but there, there are some others. There's a junior college guy out here, R.J. Adams, who's played college football before. And then another notable guy that we've taken a look at in the early part here is Cam Pringle, the in-state four-star offensive tackle committed to South Carolina. And, um, I can tell you, I can confirm, we have, we have some very good insight here. Cam Pringle's still big. He has not shrunk. Uh, still an absolutely mammoth prospect. And right around the corner um, – we got some one-on-ones coming up, so uh, looking looking forward to watching Cam Pringle and some of these other offensive linemen in action because it's a pretty heavy day at that position. Chris, uh, can we expect some photographic evidence on Gamecock Central that Cam Pringle is indeed still big? Can you know, I'm going to try to effort that. I'm going to try to effort that. We've got I've done a little camera work this morning. Intern Joe is out here doing a little camera work now. He he is he has arrived, and uh, so I think. I think we're going to have multiple pieces of photographic evidence so people can see for themselves because I know it's hard to believe that he's still he's still massive. Yeah, intern Joe in the house, Chris. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know if we quite have the complete picture yet. Um, for people who don't know, when you're when you're at these things, you're kind of gathering as you go. But my yeah. antenna immediately popped up about R.J. Adams, the uh, JUCO prospect who is on campus. Um, He's what you would call a JUCO bounce back in that, like you said, he's he's played some college ball before. He's been actually at the SEC level and then has bounced around a little bit. A little bit is at Lackawanna right now, community college. But uh, I believe from my quick searching, Chris, he's actually a 2023, which would mean he could potentially come in uh, this year if South Carolina wants to make a move. Uh, again, I don't know what all we know yet, but that definitely sort of piqued my interest. That is an interesting one. That's one of those little uh, notes and nuggets that you pick up early in the day and go, hmm, how, how about that? You know, and there, um, there are typically a lot of those during camp season. A lot of the time, you know, we see guys who are high school seniors, right, that pop mm-hmm. up, whether you expect them to be there or not, um, that end up being guys that, you know, land an offer and you can see things progress. But, yeah, with RJ, it is very interesting, you know, his classification. And so I think um, even though the camp is – you know, we're on the back end, actually, of this camp. I think technically it's 8 to noon or so in reality. You know, it gets going really at 9, 9.30, and then kind of closes out with one-on-ones, and that's typically at sometime after the noon hour or into mm-hmm. the noon hour. So I think that's going to be kind of a an important point, right, to see some guys that are going to end up having some new offers dispensed. A guy like Adams, what have they thought of him throughout the day? They've been doing a lot of drill work early on. You know, Greg Adkins, the offensive line analyst, former full-time O-line coach at South Carolina, Lonnie Teasley, the full-time O-line coach out there. And, and they have the best guys, it looks like, in a group. And Adams is in there. And so they're, they're definitely getting a close look at him. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. And I, I mean, if you want to add some context to that, obviously if South Carolina could potentially add some depth to that offensive line for this year, I, I think that's something they continue to try to get resourceful to do this time last year we were like hey who's this intriguing guy named isaiah jada and then ended up getting an offer from south carolina of course committed to them ends up at colorado with Deion sanders and and frankly i mean a guy i feel like south carolina could probably use at this point so we'll keep monitoring that as the day goes on i've been telling people leading up to today 
about Sterling Sanders, 2025 defensive lineman out of Blythewood. I think, Chris, he's a guy we've maybe had circled for a while now as a potential offer. Like you said, one-on-ones have not started yet, so that's really normally the the big, uh, I guess, evaluation piece. But uh, d- does Sanders look the part so far as they've gone through? They, for those who don't know, they do like basically individual drills, fundamentals, techniques, a lot of stuff like that. But it, it's a it's an opportunity to see how guys move, to see how they kind of compare physically to other prospects who are on campus. What have you seen from the local prospects so far? Yeah, my, he looks good. He looks the part for sure physically. You know, sometimes, Wes, you, you see a guy listed at 6'3", 6'4", get to a camp setting, and you go, okay, there's there's a couple inches of fudge there. And <laughs> I don't think that's the case. That Sterling Sanders is someone that's measured in, my understanding, a shade under 6'4", and a shade under 300 pounds. So he, he definitely looks the part. Uh, observing this morning, Travian Robertson, Gamecocks defensive line coach, has been keeping a, a close eye on him. So he's definitely someone to watch. A couple smaller offers so far, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, but I know you've written about it a lot, Wes. You've talked about it a lot. This is a guy that they've kind of had their eye on, that they wanted to get a really, really good look at it. And so we'll see how that one progresses. And actually, let, let me take this time, since we're talking about some in-state guys, there's a few different in-state guys to watch, even at O-line, D-line camp. Not guys that have offers yet, but guys will get a, a good look at. It's actually one over at the 7-on-7 seven seven who plays high school ball right down the road. A.J. Brand mm-hmm. uh, has his high school team. His his father, Aaron Brand, is the head coach there at Irmo. He's had a Gamecock offer for a while, plays quarterback for them, plays on the basketball team for Tim Whipple, um, but, all, but is a guy that South Carolina really likes as a defensive back prospect. So, you know, kind of in that D.Q. Smith vein, right, of, of a local guy who played, who's a high school quarterback who got designs on moving over to defense. Brand, my understanding, has been really, really good um, playing D.B. also over there. Obviously, he's, he's throwing it around in seven-on-seven to playing D.B. I heard had a couple picks this morning. So he, he looks like a guy that if you're kind of circling someone early in-state for the 2025 class that South Carolina is going to have a really good shot with, as a local product, I think you circle Torian that Gray name, special, Asian Chris. Torian Gray special, indeed. All right, Chris, thanks for giving us a few minutes of uh, updates yeah. out there at the Shane Beamer football camp. We'll let you go in just a second, but first. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. You guys have all heard me talk about one of our awesome partners here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, and that is our friends at Amy Mason Cup. State Farm. Now, there came a point a while back where wife and I were kind of looking over things and decided, you know, we need to take a look into our insurance. You know, what what type of coverage do we have? What are we paying? I know you probably don't do that a lot, but you should. And so we called up Amy. We talked to Amy. She walked us through the process. She reviewed what our coverage is, what do we need, what do we not need, and then she was able to get the best possible price for us on that, whether it's home auto, business, renters, life, so many different insurance products. Amy Mason Cup and her local team can help you with that. She's a South Carolina native. She's a local agent. You can find out more information on her website, amymasoncup.com, or you can give her office a call, 803-772-5554. Her office is actually right down the road, not far from our station, actually, downtown. If you just hit I-26, right off St. Andrews, Road exit 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. That's Ashland Park Plaza. Again, call up Amy. 
visit her website, get some more information on State Farm Insurance and what her local experience team could do for you. They can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. Again, that's Amy Mason Cup, State Farm, amymasoncup.com, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Chris, stay hydrated. Hopefully you can find some shade and not get too sunburned. And we look forward to hearing your full report of uh, camp next week. All right, guys. We'll see you all later. All right. Uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs rolls on right after this. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 Game Tower Head and West Mitchell along with you on this Friday. Real quick, want to remind you about the 107.5 Game Craft Beer Passport. Just head on over to 107.5 Game.com and click on the Sweet Deals tab. You can purchase yourself a craft beer passport for just $99. It's a $285 value. Good at over 15 locations around the Midland. Midlands, including Steel Hands Brewing, where we were out doing our show the other day. Again, 107.5thegame.com. Click on Sweet Deals. When we were out there at uh, Steel Hands the other day, we talked a little bit about Dante Reno, who is taking part in the Elite 11 uh, quarterback camp out there in Los Angeles this weekend. They have already got a couple days under uh, their belt so far. And looking at some of these videos uh, being tweeted out about Dante Reno, Really good form, looking really good, and excited to see what he's going to do over the course of the entire weekend. Yeah, so today is day three of Elite 11, um, essentially. And it's easy to sort of get everything confused. A lot a lot of the reporting kind of comes out the next day because there's it's so late for us out here. But I was reading some of the updates from out there last night, and it, it didn't sound like... Uh, that Dante was among the top 11 from day one, uh, which, again, was Wednesday. It sounded like he actually rebounded and had a really crisp day in day two. And um, so so they're kind of charting everything out there. And for what I can tell online, it seems like each guy essentially gets um, 20 throws, right? And all these throws are charted. All these throws are set up. I think some of them are play action. Some of them are three-step, five-step. You have on-the-move throws. And it's really designed to make you make, I think, about every throw in the book. So Dante had um, what they called a decent session last night, which um, they charted him as being accurate. This is Charles Power, on three, director of scouting and rankings. Charted him as being accurate on 14 of 20 throws. So, um, you know, I, I think, to be completely honest, he's going to have to really have a good day tonight if he's going to push into that final 11. Um, but certainly had a better day, too, it sounds like, just based on the reports out there than day one. And, and I did see he actually um, – it, it's cool, all the stuff they, they have for these guys. Some of it is just, you know, based on throws. Some of it is actually classroom work that is obviously football-related. And they have this thing, I think it's fairly new, which is a uh, breakaway data ball score. Mm -hmm. And so analytics obviously play such a big part in athletics now, and more more so every day. Well, um, I believe this is from day two. Uh, no, these are from Wednesday, but it's, again, the data's delayed a little bit. Dante had the fourth highest 
ball score, which you may be saying, what the heck does that mean? Because I was saying the same thing. Well, essentially, these breakaway data is a special football um, or a special measurement tool where they can measure basically the average velocity of your throws and the release time Mm. and then combine it into a pretty little number. And so Dante's number was 90.5. To give context, that put him as the fourth highest number at Elite 11 for ball scores. So that that basically means quick release, good velocity on your balls. Um, But uh, basically, to get into the Elite 11, man, you're, I mean, you're you're against the best of the best. So, sure, um, it, it, it's going to be tough, but still, it sounds like he's having a solid time out there. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the reporting for each day kind of comes out the next day, and on three recruits has been tweeting out their top eleven performers from the first two days so far. Day one was topped by Ethan Grunkenmeyer, who's a Penn State commit, followed by Julian Sayan for Alabama, Luke uh, Kronkenhoek, a uh, Florida State commit, <laughs> Trevor Jackson uncommitted, and then Air Nolan wrapping out the top five. Of day number one, uh, Dante Reno did not make that list. Then yesterday, Dylan Riola, the George commit, Julian saying once again at number two, Grunkenmeyer at number three, Air Nolan again at number four uh, for yesterday, and then CJ Carr rounded out the top five for uh, day two performers. And once again, Dante Reno did not make the list of the top 11 through at least the first two days so far. Yeah, man. So we'll, we'll hope that he can um, finish strong today, maybe get hot out there and, and have a big performance, but still... Huge opportunity for him. Great learning experience. It sounds like the uh, Grunkemeyer kid is the one who probably has generated the most buzz in terms of like compared to his ranking. He's yeah, only he's a three star guy. Right. But so I'm, I'm sure his ranking will go up. I've seen a lot of buzz on social about this DJ Lagway, mm-hmm. Florida commitment, just being a big armed kid. Very, very impressive physically. And um, of course, the Riola kid with Georgia. You know, some people have him as the number one overall prospect in the entire country for that class. So right. No real surprise there that he is. Uh, he's been heating up, and, and sounds like he had a really good day too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, so today is day three, so we'll find out more details about that tomorrow. Is it a is it a four day camp or a three day camp? I know the on field is is listed as being three days. Okay. So I, I don't know exactly the scheduling for this weekend. You know, they get to stay over. I imagine they'll stay overnight tonight. Sure. I don't know when they're actually going to announce. So they will announce the Elite 11. So you have the different websites giving their opinions. The Elite 11 will give their true, actual Elite 11, which will be obviously the top 11 guys right. in the country, in, in their opinion. And uh, again, uh, next week we'll break that down and see if Dante Reno is able to crack himself into that top 11 when it is all said and done. Up next, we'll wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. But as always, want to thank our friends over at Goldline Framing for being a great supporter of the show. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. Yeah, again, guys, if you're looking for a special gift, um, I- I've been talking about these graduates. Um, if you haven't gotten a graduate in your life, a gift yet um you're you're probably a little bit behind but you can still fix this uh look no further than our friends over at goal line framing in west columbia owner kendall walsh manager johnny james they can take care of you for really any all of your custom framing needs that's of course diplomas original artwork canvases jerseys and flags i hear they prefer uh jerseys and flags of the garnet and black variety but even if you have an orange one, I, I imagine they'll custom frame that for you as well. They've been in business for over 20 years. 
They're over at 511 12th Street. Again, that's in West Columbia. On location, they have an art gallery, home decor, furniture, gift items in store. If you have any questions, you can give them a call, 803-739-1337. Today is Friday, so they are open 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. That's their hours, Tuesday through Friday. Tomorrow, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also give them a follow on Instagram. I see they're always posting uh, reels and photos of some of their great stuff they have in store. That's at Goldline Framing SC. Again, that's Goldline Framing in West Columbia, South Carolina. Check them out, 511 12th Street, West Columbia. We'll wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head and West Mitchell along with you for a few more minutes. Before handing things over to Jay for today's edition of the Halftime Show. Uh, yesterday during this show, the news came out while, uh, while Chris and I were on the air about uh, Brad Lawing's passing um, yesterday morning. And Chris got the chance to talk about him a little bit at the end of yesterday's show. Wes, obviously you weren't in here um, yesterday, but but as uh, you know, somebody like me that... Uh, was familiar with who Brad Long was, learned a lot about him in the past 24 hours and the impact that he had on the um, you know South Carolina football program as well as all the programs that he coached at uh, over the years. A very, very big piece of Gamecock football that uh, has now passed away. Yeah, sad, sad news, man. Obviously, um, you know, thoughts, prayers to, to all the friends, family, former coaching colleagues, former players that he obviously greatly affected in his time at South Carolina and, of course, elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I thought um, Travian Robertson, who obviously is the new D-line coach at, at South Carolina, summed it up with his message on Twitter. He said, um, get your rest, Law Dog. Gamecock Nation lost a legend today. Great coach, great teacher, great dad, great husband, an unbelievable friend. Uh, Travian going on to say his last words to me just three days ago were, I love you, Travian. So, um you know, this was a guy, man, he was as old school as they come, but man, he could spin a story. Um, those of you, and most Gamecock fans, I, I know probably listened, but if you didn't, go back and find some of Kimry's fade-in podcast episodes where he had Longing on there. I mean, dude was just hilarious. Like, him talking old recruiting stories, just incredible stuff. You always learn something new. And, um, man, he would get in there and recruit these guys. He obviously recruited Travian. He recruited Jadavian Clowney. Mm-hmm. And the thing I remember about Lawing, man, this was one of those guys who he was not going to go easy on these kids. And probably um, there were times on the field where they probably very much disliked him. But sure. I, I think you look at the way his former players talk about him, look at the way Travian talks about him, Look the way Jadavian Clowney talks about Long. They all look back on him and say, "Man, like that was a guy who actually had my best interest at heart in terms of developing me and was willing to be hard on me." And um, just an absolute gamecock legend. He was at our kickoff party last year. Told some stories. Um, we, we we were running out of time, and we we almost darn near had to get the mic out of his hands because he just got rolling telling stories right and um you know that's what he loved to do he loved to tell his old recruiting stories and was uh was a recruiter but was a developer and obviously 
these guys um, were better from uh, having been around him. You mentioned Eric Henry. Uh, Jay's actually going to be talking to him at about 1230 on okay. today's edition of the uh, Halftime Show, sharing some stories and thoughts on uh, Coach Long. And I think it was Jay that mentioned yesterday, you mentioned Jadavion Clowney and the impact he had on his career. I believe in Clowney's first game, he lined up incorrectly on that first defensive series and Long like tore into him on the sidelines. Like, you're a great player, man, but you still got to go out there and do the right things. Well, Long did not start Jadavion his freshman year. Right. You know, he came in, number one player in the country, maybe the best prospect of all time yep. from the state of South Carolina, and right up there with any prospect ever as far as potential. And he did not start. Now, he played day one, like, but they, they played him in pass rush situations sure. off the jump. You know, he was not going to treat Jadavian completely differently just because of, of who he was. And I remember... I remember sitting out there at, we called them the proving grounds at the time. It was the old practice facility. And uh, right over there, kind of down the road from the new practice facility. And you could go out there. Spurrier had open practice at all times. And, man, you go out there lawing at whenever. Like, it it was must-see. It was appointment television, basically. uh, But live, obviously. Go out there. High school freshman guys would come out there, and I remember Lawing would call him High School Harry. Yep. If, if you didn't know what you were supposed to do, then you were High School Harry, and you know he was going to, the, the new guys, he was going to ride them very, very, but it was, hey, I'm setting the standard early on, setting the expectation. This is what I expect out of you. And, um, you know, even a little bit old school in that he had the entire D-line. A lot of times, and you know, at Carolina now, it's split between interior and edge guys. Sure. Um, you know, you're talking about the person who recruited and developed Jadavian Clowney, same guy that found a little-known player named Devin Taylor, who is a two-star kid from Beaufort, and ends up developing him into an SEC starter and an NFL player, actually, for a while. So, um, one of a kind, man, certainly a loss, and um, just... The, the word that keeps coming to mind is, is certainly legend in Gabe Cuck Nation. And, and whenever there's ever been an opening that was defensive line oriented, to this day, Gamecock fans still, hey, what about Brad Long? I hear he's living in Lexington. Right. So he was never too far from the program. I think always uh, stuck around, always uh, followed his guys. Sure. And you're seeing... You're seeing those reactions. I know uh, Byron Gerardo had a nice tribute to him on his Twitter as well. Byron obviously played at Carolina, was recruited, offered by Lawing, and um, Byron now at Georgia Tech. But, yeah, man, great loss uh, from the South Carolina family. Well, I think it's, you know, uh, pretty cool that, you know, before he – did pass. He was able to see things come full circle for Travion Robertson getting hired on in that same role uh, on the South Carolina coaching staff. You mentioned the relationship that uh, those two had. Yeah, and you you remember the first thing Ellis Johnson said to us when we had Ellis on the show was, uh, hey guys, if you want somebody to talk about Travion, you need to get Brad Lawing on. And I even sort of put it in the back of my mind, like, you know, yeah, we need to do that. And then then obviously uh, we hadn't done it yet. But um, clearly... Very proud he was of of Travian and and how far along he's come and you know I, I think is is one of those guys that's just every, every player he coached he you know probably af- affected um, in, in a great way and um, 
you know, again, you just hate it for, for all those people that are affected by this. Right. And as you said, uh, when we started this segment, thoughts, prayers, and condolences go out to not only the family, but his former players, all the people he coached with, all the people he coached against, everybody that, you know, he had some kind of profound effect on uh, with their life. And uh, Coach Long will certainly, um, you know, be missed. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. As I mentioned, Eric Kimry going to be joining Jay coming up at 1230 to share some Brad Long stories for himself on the halftime show on 107.5 The Game. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.